What's good, y'all? Welcome back to episode 6 of the Cycle 365. I'm one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos. I'm Cody Stoffer. And I'm Jesse Boot. And we're here to talk about all sports. First off, we're going to talk about the NFL, do a quick recap of all the big games. So, first things first, I think this is probably the most shocking game, or one of the most shocking games, if not the most entertaining game of the weekend. I'm talking about Tampa Bay versus the LA Rams. Tampa Bay won by, like, what What was 15, it? Like 15? 55 to 40. Yeah, it was insane. So, all right, first things first, initial thoughts about this game. I'm going to be honest, you just said most entertaining game of the week, and it wasn't even on my television. Like, I, I wasn't even watching it, and I was just following well, the box score at the bottom. I was like, oh my god, what's happening? We live yep. in Colorado, granted, and that they did not, they didn't broadcast it, so. That's that's true. I'm just saying, just watching the box score at the bottom. I was like, I what's was, going on, yeah. Just, just and I, we, we lived together, and we were looking at the bottom ticketer, and we had no idea what was going on in the entire NFL, and specifically that game. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff played bad. Uh, so, I mean, he still threw 500 yards. That's true. Cost, costly turnovers, though. Yeah, three, three and, interceptions, but yeah. Yeah, and yeah. a fumble that yeah. Sue took to the house for a touchdown. Yeah, you want to know He's something? He's kind of a turnover machine. Before right we, before we um, get into this, you want to know something really sad? What's up? I started Jared Goff this week in fantasy, and I also <laughs> traded away Chris Godwin this week in fantasy. Oh, Jesse. <laughs> hey, you want to know what makes it even better? The guy who had Chris Godwin didn't even start him. I know. <laughs> it's All like, right. Well, yeah, it could have been worse, then. Yeah, so I think... I think I'm, my initial reaction to this game, first of all, I want to say it was a crazy week in the NFL, and this is the, the like leading game. I think Tampa Bay looks good. Like Their defense looks pretty good. I mean, sure, the Rams put up 40 points, but like like Cody said, they, they forced a lot of turnovers. You know, like Their defense is looking decent. And if Jameis Winston, like, like coming out of high, or high school, coming out of college, um, out of Florida State, this is, what he, this is what everyone thought he was going to do, right? They thought he was going to be, be this elite quarterback that he showed to play this, this week. I mean, he threw he threw four touchdown passes and almost 400 passing yards. True. Granted, two of them were to Chris Godwin, but yeah, they look like a well-rounded team. Like, yeah. I feel like in my preseason predictions, I wrote I completely wrote off the Bucks, which is which was a bad move because it's a Bruce Arians team. Yeah, Bruce Arians yeah. always. That's my next my next point. Yeah, Bruce Arians is. I mean, he's in his element with Jameis Winston. Vertical. And, and he has two team. and he has two monster receivers that can run that in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Like. He's in what he needs, like the system he needs to be in, and I think yeah, it's just showing now. Yep, I agree. But I'm still riding off the Bucks. I'll be honest. I think this was a fluke type of game. What are they? Two and two right now. Two and two. Yeah, that's not bad. I think they're still gonna. What I say at the beginning of the season, I think they're still gonna win a handful of games. You know, they'll be competitive. I'm pretty sure I said that, but they're not gonna make the playoffs because we're talking about Saints, Panthers, Falcons. They have- Big games against the Saints. They play them twice before Drew Brees gets back. Yeah, the Saints. Ooh. They play the Saints next week. That's yeah. it. So that means okay, you know, for the Buccaneers to prove themselves to me, then they need to win. That's it. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I think I think they have a good. They do have a good chance. You want to hear their upcoming schedule? Sure. They so play the Saints next week without Drew Brees. They play the Panthers. They can beat the Panthers. We'll they already see. Did, they we'll already see. did it once. They we'll, see. The we'll see. We'll <laughs> um, see. The Titans. The okay. Seahawks. Ooh. That's a tougher game. Yeah. The Cardinals. There you go. The Saints again, without Drew Brees. Okay. The Falcons. The Jaguars. Tough. The Colts. The Lions. Texans. Falcons. 
I'll be honest. I wish I could play the AFC South. Yeah, me too. Well, uh, hold on. I'll be honest. There's some games up there that could be, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say they're all. They're all like walkthroughs. Like they're 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 all all winnable. They're all winnable games for sure. Like they could win every single game. They could, or they could lose every single game. Right. That's what happens. That's football. That's sports. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Exactly. But I think if they play like they did against against the Rams, like the Rams were the hardest team on their schedule. Yeah. You know. So like, if they can do that, and if they can continue that momentum and play like that, I think they can win twelve games. Is it time to freak out if you're the Rams? No, no. Jared Goff has six TDs and six interceptions through the first four weeks. Nah, he'll be alright. I think yeah, he'll be okay. He just needs to settle in. I I mean, it's only been like a month of football, so I think he needs to settle in. He'll be okay. So I did watch some of this game because I streamed it, and you know what? Jameis Winston does look good. I'll give him that. He did. He forced some passes, but he always kind of has done that. But you know, we'll we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, it was an entertaining game altogether. I think the Rams will be fine. I think the Bucks they could they could change the narrative right here, but they gotta they gotta win a couple more games and get the momentum well, really the going. Biggest, the biggest game is next week. They have to beat the Saints. Oh, they exactly. Is, do, is it at home or is it in it's New Orleans? It's in New Orleans. Yes. All right, so, so like, that's the one yeah, you got. If, if, if I they bet, win it, we can talk about it. If they don't, if if they split yeah. if they split against the Saints, I think they have a chance of making a wild card spot. Yeah, true. But there's a lot of good teams in the NFL this year. You know where a lot of confusing teams are is the FC North, where the Browns are currently leading the division at 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So going into this week, it, I'll be honest, it definitely looked like, you know, the Ravens had a good hold on the yeah, AFC North. It looked like they were going to run away with it. Yep, but now after a weekend, you know, things things don't look that way anymore, and that's just football, and that's what's great about it. I'm just going to say this first. I don't think... Oh, okay, except for the Bengals, but I think the, and maybe the Steelers, I think the Browns and Ravens are still pretty good, you know? I think this was a good game. If they play again, it will be a lot closer than what it is right now. Then I think the Steelers will be able to compete. But first things first, let's talk Browns and Ravens. Initial thoughts about this game from both of y'all. So, the Browns won this game. What do y'all think? I was very shocked. I mean, really, Lamar Jackson's been destroying it. Yeah. These last two weeks, and I think, I think everyone expected him to, yeah, like you said, run away with the division. I think, literally, run away with literally. it. The Ravens' defense looks like trash. They've given up 73 points in, in the, the past, past two weeks. weeks. Yeah. What the heck is wrong with the Ravens' defense for a team that historically is known as a defensive-sided team? Mm-hmm. You know, with the likes of Ray Lewis being there for a really long time, and yeah. yep. you know, even that first Super Bowl that they got was a well, defensive team. has been there too. And, and But they look terrible this year. They spent big money on Earl Thomas, and they're getting passed all over. The only news true. that their defense makes is Marlon Humphreys freaking choking Odell Beckham. That's true, too. But see, I don't think that's that surprising because they gave away a top 10 inside linebacker and in CJ Mosley to the Jets. So mm-hmm. there you go. You gave away your leader, and then you Didn't gave away your away veteran. Sidarius Smith, Smith as well. Smith. Yep. Got a lot yeah. of Plus Terrell yep. Suggs. Yep. So, so literally a whole new linebacker. Yeah. So like, is this? It's not that surprising. I think. I. I mean, I think we all knew that their offense would probably be their strong, like you know, the strongest link of this team going into the season, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I nodded for those <laughs> who can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I don't think this game was that surprising. I think the Browns definitely definitely needed time to, you know, pick it up, kind of get into the groove. Like, everyone yeah. was, like, 
you know, giving them a lot of hype. And you know, when it comes down to it, you gotta play football, and they did. Yeah, can I say something about the about the Brown? Go for it. So I was talking to my friend Kyle today. All right, what did Kyle have to say? Kyle, to Kyle. Yeah. Go on. Kyle from our uh, our uh, sports marketing class. Yeah. Um, he was saying, anyways, um, the Browns, like, I think this week they just showed, like, they just played football this week. Yeah. Like you were saying, and I think in the first three games they were forcing it to OBJ. I think. Oh, yeah. Odell Beckham, they're like, they built their game plan around them. When they have tons of pieces in Bradley Chubb and Jarvis Landry all around there. Nick and Chubb. Baker, Nick Chubb. Oh, what'd I say? Bradley <laughs> Chubb. He's also torn. Let's anyways. not talk about that yet. <laughs> we'll okay. talk about it. But Nick Chubb, right? And then Baker Mayfield, like, they just need to let that offense flow as an offense. And I think it'll all get put together. With You have two stud receivers on the outside, a yep. stud running back, and a decent quarterback. So I think if they just can let, that's what we were talking about, me and Kyle. That if they can just let that offense flow like an offense, they're gonna be just fine and they're gonna win games. Jarvis Lane destroyed the Ravens. Oh he yeah. Did. And so, and so, so yeah. So here's the thing. Now, if you can get those two going, and then now you make it so like now people are gonna target are gonna key on Jarvis Landry. Well now Odell Beckham's open. You throw to him. So like you have two good receivers that they're gonna have to pick who to cover, and then you have Chubb in the backfield. Like who you can't cover all of them. Can the Ravens still win this division? Yes. I think I don't think the Ravens should panic. Uh, Lamar Jackson didn't play terrible, you know. I mean, there were some things that, you know, like he didn't make certain plays, but they're tough. He was getting pressured, like, all game. This Browns defense is still pretty good. Yeah. You know, well, they're yeah. not – they're a top five defense, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, so, like, it's it's not surprising that he struggled a little bit. I don't think he had any turnovers. He had two picks. Sorry. Okay, so he had two picks. I, I remember seeing one of them, and it, was, it wasn't a great decision. But still, though. I think the Ravens will be fine. The see these division games are the ones you gotta win, but now it just means they gotta win their non-division games, which I think they could do easily. So I don't think either team should be in panic mode or overreaction mode. Because yeah. like I said, it's, okay. it's only been a month of football, so there's a lot, so there's there's a lot of football still to, still to be played. There's around 12 games for each team, so I think both these teams could easily. I won't say easily, but they could battle for you know the top spot in the mm-hmm. division, and that'll probably be the playoff spot that's left. Do you think the Steelers can I still, make a run yeah, for this division? Gonna, yeah, I th- so go let's talk about question. it. I think, yeah, like you said, Cody, earlier today, the AFC North is wide up. I think the Steelers, yes, Mason Rudolph looked good. James Conner looked really good. They have good receivers. I think now that Dante Moncrief is on the bench, they have mm-hmm. some good receivers. <laughs> I think that the Steelers can make a shot, can make a run at it too. I think this game between Cleveland and Baltimore shows that. So I do think that the Steelers can can make a run of this. Mason Rudolph looks good. Uh, James Conner looks good. Now Dante Moncrief's on the bench. They have some good receivers. I think so. I think that they still have a chance at this. And then I think watching Cleveland and Baltimore. Um, to go back to your question, if Baltimore can still win this division, I think Baltimore yes can. But what it looks like from now is I think Baltimore. If you look at a graph, like they shot up, peaked really. F- really high and now they're just on a plateau, the Ravens. Whereas Cleveland has been steadily climbing, climbing, and I think they're gonna continue to climb. I think they're just hitting their stride now. So I think Cleveland has the upper hand going into this division currently. And then the Steelers who are flatlined for three weeks started just starting to pick up. A little bit of heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Signs of life from Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah. And so I still think that there's a chance. They still have a chance, yes. I think Mason Rudolph is a good quarterback. That's fair. I as the you know resident Steelers fan. I, I have some opinions about it. So the Bengals aren't a good team. We all knew that. They're not. And 
like I'll, I'll stand by this. I think the Steelers had a really tough, you know, first three games between the Patriots, Seahawks, and then 49ers. And you know, those teams are really good. So it's not that surprising that, plus with the Big Ben injury, that you know, we lost those three games. So I think there's still a chance. There is a concern though. That concern is the offense. I think Mason Rudolph has always kind of looked good. But uh, that play calling's a little suspect. I'll be honest, they can't, they still can't get the run game going. They're doing some weird little like end arounds and like wildcat stuff with Jalen Samuels and stuff, and it worked, you know. But it's not gonna work against a better team. Yeah, it won't work every week. No, I'll tell you that right Who now. Who is the OC? Randy Fitchner. He's our quarterback coach. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we'll we'll see what's up with that. I think. You know, just watching that whole game and going through that film, that the Steelers got really lucky that we played a terrible team. Offensively. Defensively, we, ever since we got Mika Fitzpatrick, we picked it up. You know, we're talking about like eight sacks this game, multiple the last game, and then we've had basically a pick every, at least one pick every game he's played for us so far. So I think there's a lot of good signs going on there. This defense is finally picking it up. And, you know, playing up to their potential. So I do think the Steelers have a chance in the AFC North. But it's definitely a slimmer one compared to the Browns and Ravens. I still have the Ravens probably winning the whole thing. Okay. I have Cleveland winning it. Well, we'll just have to stay tuned. Speaking of another very competitive division, we talked about the Buccaneers staying competitive in the NFC South. Yep. But we didn't really talk about how the Saints just shut down them boys <laughs> they did. on national television holding the Cowboys to 10 points, mm -hmm. and Ezekiel Elliott to 1.9 yards per carry, I think it was? Yeah. 1.9 yards per carry for Ezekiel Elliott on 18 carries, which is his worst since facing a Broncos. Denver defense a few years ago where he was held to like two point something of sad. I remember he that He only game. ran for like 40 yards in that game, so he didn't have nearly as many, many attempts. It also was a weird game. Ivan Bricks, I'm a Broncos fan. They had a lightning delay in the middle of it, like an hour and a half lightning delay, so it's it a really weird game, but anyways. I mean, we took the dub, yeah. but, and what, what do you guys make of this? So the Saints defense played lights out. Yeah. The Saints offense, I mean, they won the game, but they won on the foot of Will Lutz. Yeah. So should you be concerned if you're a Saints fan about the offense? I don't think so. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a good fill-in. He'll just fill in until Drew Brees gets back. Yep. I, I don't think so either. This Cowboys defense is good too. It was a defensive game most of this, you know, most of this game. And it was a good defensive game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, no, nah, I don't think they should panic. The Cowboys are definitely a top, in my opinion, they're a top three defense. You know, they got some guys over there that are really good that are balling out right now. And, you know, it was this was a tough matchup for them. And I think both defenses on both sides, you know, they, uh, they stepped up, they played their game, and it was a close one, and it came down to a kicker. So it's just one of those things. I don't think the Cowboys should panic either. I mean, nope. it's one loss, and it was a close loss too, mm -hmm. you know? So I think both teams will be fine, probably. Yeah. Tony Bridgewater's QBR was 17.8. Oh my God. I mean, they won, game manager right there. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he just has to hang in there until Drew Brees comes back. He got sacked five times. Yep. Do you do you think that's more of a testament to the Dallas D-line, which is good, or this Saints offensive line that's been kind of letting the pressure get to the quarterback and led to the Drew Brees injury as well? I think, I think a little bit of both. Yeah. 
I think so too. Teddy Bridgewater was making some questionable decisions too, like not throwing the ball when he needed to, or throwing it, or not throwing it away, and taking some really like brutal sacks. So I don't think it was just the Saints O line either, or even Dallas's defensive line. Bridgewater had some very uh, interesting mental mistakes there. Let's see if Teddy Checkdown can get it done against the Okay, Bucks. though. Defense wins championships. Yep. Well, you got to get to the playoffs first. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we'll see. Hey, for all my, you know, Dallas homies, there's, <laughs> they've been real salty since losing to the Saints. Like, it, like the smack talk is insane. Though I think they'll meet again in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like a good one. I feel like Dallas needed to lose so they didn't have like. And I don't know about you guys, but like, there's like a a pressure with teams that are built like the Cowboys. Yeah. If you're like undefeated for too long. <laughs> and then, like, when you lose, it kind of, like, lingers over you, even into the playoffs. Yeah, so it's good to lose early and get better. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a good it's a, loss. It's not, like, a fluke loss. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. yeah. It was in New Orleans. It's a hard place to play. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So, it is what it is, but I think they'll both be good. It was a good matchup. I, I mean, like, it wasn't a high-scoring game, but I thought it was a good defensive game. And I always liked that. Yeah, it was fun to watch. It was yeah. a solid game. Yeah. All right, last one we're talking about. Cody, I know you're hyped about this one. Bills. The Bills almost beat the Patriots. Yeah. Keyboard almost, but let's hear. I am a Bills believer, and I talked about this last podcast. Okay. The Bills are no longer amongst the undefeated teams. They're not. But it's the way that they compete in these games. The Bills were driving with Matt Barkley yeah, on I, the last drive of the game. Yeah, I watched the game with you. I think I definitely think that I personally think if Josh Allen didn't get hurt, I think they won the game. That was uh, clearly leading with the helmet, by the way, by Jonathan Jones. Yeah, he should, yeah. probably should have gotten a penalty and ejected, but he didn't. But he didn't, because it's the yeah. Patriots. But right. that's a whole other issue. Well, that's expected, though. You know, I feel like that should be expected. What, do the Patriots get away with stuff? They get away with calls? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is it just because it's expected doesn't mean it's any less frustrating. Especially right. if you're a Bills fan, because now Allen is out this week, too. You're right. Yeah. He's also my starting fantasy quarterback. Guess you're just gonna have to turn Jared Goff this week. <laughs> that sucks. Okay. It's not a bad week around. But, all I mean, around. and like I, I talked about this last week about the Bills. Josh Allen, he threw three picks in that game, but he was keeping him in the game. And that Bills defense is good. That is a top ten unit, and they they have people saying that Tom Brady's washed up, which. I don't think it's true. I think it was just a good defense by the Bills. Oh, I think yeah. it's less about Tom Brady and it's more about the Bills that are solid from top to bottom. Yeah, that's true. I believe that. I think I mean, the Bills defense is really good. I think I personally think that offense is going to struggle without Josh Allen. Yeah. They're next they week. are going to. Yes. But their defense will keep the game in place long enough for Matt Barkley <laughs> to throw a game-ending interception. Okay. Cuz he's yeah. a clown. Well, we'll see what's up with that. We'll see what's up with that. Just run the ball, Bills. You have Frank Gore. Singletary, he's he's supposed to come back pretty soon, too, and he's a nice little running back. But can you bench Frank Gore? He's he's having a good year again. Oh, no, just play both. I think he had, like, wasn't it, like, 12 carries for 109 yards? Yeah, he did. He went over uh, 3,500 yards this week. Boy. 15,000. Sorry, (laughs) 35,000 yards this week. Wait. 15,000. 15,000. 35,000 yards. There's something on there. Uh, it's anyway. 15,000. There's probably a three somewhere in there. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Frank Gore, testament to him. The Bills, they 
They're my dark horse wild card candidate from the AFC. Yeah, I definitely do. And I, I don't believe that. They're, they're not going to beat out the Patriots for the. If they were going to make a statement win, it was going to be in Buffalo because they're not going to beat the Patriots in Gillette. But they're going to clown the other two AFC East teams. <laughs> well, yeah. And they their should. defense is good enough to keep them. Sean McDermott's got a good squad on the defensive side of the ball, which mm -hmm. is expected for a defensive minded head coach. Yeah. So I'm a Bills believer. You know what? The. The Broncos season's looking a little rough, which we'll talk talk on. So look for more hashtag Bills Mafia posts on Cody's timeline. Cody's a uh, bandwagon Bills fan now. That's the most <laughs> unlikely sentence I've ever heard, but it's yeah. true. We'll talk about how rough it is being a Broncos fan. Oh yeah. Speaking of the Broncos, that's coming up next. We're gonna do a whole segment as requested by y'all on the Broncos and you know the state the state of this team and franchise. Coming up next. What's good, y'all? Welcome back. All right, so we're going to talk about the Broncos. This is a highly requested little segment to do. So, as probably every Broncos fan knows, they're 0-4. They lost to Minshew Magic and the Jaguars. By the way, me and Jesse coined that term before, yeah. uh, you know, NFL.com. Yeah. Hey, it's it's we have it. It's it's somewhere yeah, around we will, here. We will send that podcast to the NFL to show them that. Yeah. Time. I even said we're patenting it. So that's true. <laughs> That's true. We can raise the money too. Yeah. Because we're Max. still borrowing people's mics. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> the Broncos, they're 0 4. So we got Cody and Jess here. Obviously, the Broncos fan. I'm, I'm wearing my Broncos fans. sweatshirt. You're yep. sitting in Broncos chair. That's true. We are Broncos. Yeah. And I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's reason to be. I'm not a Broncos fan. I just live here. So <laughs> we're going to talk about the Broncos. To avoid, you know, going on really long rants, we're going to do three bright spots and three dark spots. Each of us have a bright spot and dark spot to talk about. So we're going to talk about dark spots. So I'm going to go first. Dark spot. The quarterback situation in Denver is messed up. Because... Dismal. Yeah, it's terrible. And it's because they made some really bad decisions, in my opinion, in this last offseason, starting with Joe Flacco. Well, we've been making the bad decisions for years. Yeah, it's true. It, it all started when we... Okay, I also saw this stat okay, today as well. Um, I didn't realize this, but Peyton Manning, after winning the Super Bowl, had one more year on his contract. Yeah. They should have they had him like try to get him to stay one more year so they could figure out a plan after him for that one year. I, I personally think they probably still would have won a Super Bowl again so he could go down that high note. Like, I really do. Um, so I think... That was their first mistake. Okay. Then they Osweiler walk. Well, no, yeah, Ooh. and then brought him back. That's the whole yeah. mess of situation. That wasn't gonna be good. But then the way. real, the real downfall of the quarterback is when we drafted Paxton Lynch in the first round, traded up to get him. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> Y'all probably could have got Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was in that draft. Two Connor Cook was in that draft. Like. Anybody else than Paxton Lynch? Trevor Simeon is the best quarterback the Broncos have had in the since, past three years. Since Peyton Manning. What about Kyle Slaughter? I, I I always I think I was the most mad I've ever been at the Broncos when I saw that they cut Kyle Slaughter and re-signed Brock Osweiler. I was like, I'm not a Broncos fan anymore. Yeah, he's that a, not what I, like. I didn't actually mean it. <laughs> he's a he's an old UNC quarterback, probably yeah. our best one ever, to be honest. Yeah. 
which isn't saying a lot, but still. Anyways. Hey, don't throw shit on the Bears. They got a huge dub against Idaho this weekend. <laughs> hey, that's more than the Broncos. <laughs> so anyways, Joe Flacco. I told y'all what this guy was, and he is what I still think he is. He's an barely above average guy on his best days, but a terrible guy. Sorry, not a terrible guy. A yeah, terrible geez. quarterback. <laughs> a terrible quarterback on his worst days. And, you know, I watched it. He played well in, you know, in spurts, in bursts. But, uh, man, that pick at the end of the half, that was, that was terrible. That was a Case Keenum throw. Like, I'm going to be honest, I could throw a better pass than that. Yeah. Same. In I think NFL. it might have been, like, I don't even know if it was the right decision, but it was just a very inaccurate throw. You know it's bad when it goes directly to the defender well, and avoids the offensive player completely. If you watch so, the play, if you watch the play, Yes, it was a bad throw, but it also could be the fact that he didn't know who he was throwing to because you had Emmanuel Sanders underneath and yeah. Corlett said over top, and he threw right in the middle of both of them. So just figure out who you're going to throw it to and throw it to him. Okay, well, that's why he's not a good quarterback. <laughs> you're right. So y'all are stuck paying him at least 15 mil a year, right? For I think this he, year, I think he might have done, he might have renegotiated his contract. I, I don't remember. We only have to deal with it for this year and next year, though. That's, that that's a lot, in my opinion. Because here's the thing, though. Even though Joe Flacco is so up and down, the fact that he's up and down is that he's going to win y'all games that y'all shouldn't be winning. Because if y'all really want to do this the right way and build y'all's franchise up, you need to trade this dude. But that's another whole thing. And then you got Drew Locke on the bench. and He's actually on IR. Yeah, he's injured right now. Wow, okay, so he's not even on the bench. No. So even if y'all wanted to play him, you can't. Yeah, because wow. our only other quarterback on the roster is Brandon Allen, who's not going to do anything. You don't put in Brandon Allen. No, I know, that's what I'm saying. No, no, we don't want him We do not want him in. Yeah. We don't want him in. I'm just saying, like, we have no other option besides Joe Flacco. Broncos games are already hard to watch. Wait, yeah. so when does Drew Locke come back? Um, He could come back week eight, correct? Mm-hmm. But he's slated for week nine, I think. Yes, okay. um, that is if they use that, use it on one of two uh, to bring back off the IR. I think they will, especially with how the season's going. And at that point, depending upon a record, most likely bring him in. I'm ready to see him already. I'm not a huge, I'm not high on Drew Locke, but at this point, I want to see him. Yeah, I think y'all need to figure out what, what's up with him because this next quarterback class, like... It's a make it or break class. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For the Broncos franchise. You got, in my opinion, you have at least... Am I, Around four or five quarterbacks are better than Drew Locke right now. You're right, and Joe Flacco right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, y'all either stick with Flacco, who's, you know, he's going to win y'all games when y'all aren't going to compete anyways, or you could go with Drew Locke, who, in my opinion, and I'm pretty sure everyone in this room's opinion, is already a little bit iffy. We weren't really big believers in him in the preseason. Didn't really help with that either. Not at all. So, he looks, yeah. he looks trash, mm-hmm. to be honest. So, I am... He might, he might be on the trade block already. Or if not, then y'all might have to buy into him, see what you have. But by that point, by the time you actually figure out and know for sure, Tua, Jake from all those guys, they'll be gone. Long gone. And yeah. so that's that's the that's dilemma right now, because quarterback-wise, there's no upside. You're right. I think I think this is a make-it-or-break-it draft for the franchise quarterback, for, yeah. for the future of the Broncos franchise at quarterback position. This draft is the one where they're going to get the oh, quarterback. Yeah. Y'all will have to make some hard decisions Pretty much this season, in my opinion, either right. this season or in the off season, right. uh, about the quarterback situation. Which, which but it's scares, terrible. Yeah, but it scares me a little bit because, from what John Elway's shown, he doesn't really, he doesn't have the ability to make those hard decisions. We'll, we'll yeah. talk about that dark spot here in a minute. Oh yeah. But yeah. here, Jesse, how about you say your dark spot? All right. Yeah. So my dark spot's gonna be the offensive play calling. 
Cool. Um, we, we talked about this. We did talk about this in our preview, me and Simon, yep. about who the heck is the Broncos offensive coordinator. No one really knows him, and it's showing. Like His NFL experience is two years as the 49ers quarterbacks coach yep. when Nick Mullins and Jimmy G were stinking it up. Yeah. Well, Jimmy G wasn't even playing. Yeah, he was injured. But, um... Yeah, like you can, and you can see it. You can see it showing his lack of experience. He doesn't really know what plays to call, when, like the situation that it calls for, and when he does, the offense can't execute it. So like, oh yeah, I it mean, showed it's in just, the preseason. Yeah, it, it showed the whole year. Like from the first time I watched this Broncos team play, especially Week One against the Oakland Raiders, I looked at Cody and I go. Who the heck is our offensive coordinator and what is he doing? We, we ran an end around to our tight end. For On the first, first play, play of the, the game. NFL season. A rookie tight end. A rookie tight end. And yes, Noah Fant is fast and young for a tight for a tight end. That ain't it. I know, but that's not what... You don't give an end around to a tight end. Nope. You give it to a, a receiver. <laughs> that's what an end around is. Yeah, or somebody who's actually faster than a tight end. Yeah. Which true. is literally like four other players yeah. on the Broncos offense. Yeah, true. But... <laughs> But um, yeah, it's it's bad. The play calling is bad. Um, Joe Flacco. If, if you're gonna keep Joe Flacco, he's a vertical quarterback. He has a strong arm. You need to throw the ball down the field. Same with Drew Locke. Exactly. They're both the same. And you like so that the, the play calling needs to change if the Broncos are gonna be better. I personally think they should just hire a new offensive coordinator. But if they're gonna go with these two and go Joe Flacco and his current offensive coordinator, they need to reevaluate the offense. You have the receivers to go down the field. You have, I mean. Every once in a while, I mean, the offense line played good this week. You might have the time, so but just let let Joe Flacco let you just watch it. Which he's missing receivers down sidelines anyway. So what difference does it really yeah. make? But this offense does look like my cousin's play calling on Madden. So you're right, abysmal. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, like it's like third and eight, and they'll hand the ball up the middle of Philip Lindsay. Like, come on. But anyways, that's my dark spot. Um, Pretty big dark spot, but we got a bigger one coming yeah, up. Here Cody, comes. what is yours? So the biggest dark spot for the Broncos and what has caused this long term of mediocrity since Peyton Manning leaving is uh, what a lot of people don't realize is how important ownership is <laughs> to a franchise just, and front just a front general. office in general. Yeah, because John Elway he doesn't admit when he's wrong is one of the biggest. Like we held on to Paxton Lynch. For like two, three, two, two years, three like years. Way longer than we should have. Devontae Booker is still on the roster. You're right. That's true. I was surprised. You're right. And, and he's trash. Like, granted, he's supposed to catch balls in the backfield, and he doesn't even do that okay. well. But granted, we did we did sign Theo Riddick to take that spot, and he got hurt. So, like, he can come back and take that spot, and you can cut Devontae Booker. Well, we should have cut Booker last That's year. That's true. Isn't right. Riddick in his 30s, too, though? Yeah, but he's better than Devontae Booker. <laughs> That's yeah. a short term. That's a big Plus, I feel like all the like picks that John Elway has made that have been good, like are they fell into his lap. Like Bradley Chubb being mm-hmm. picked. Like well, we got so lucky that he fell that far. And, at the same and time. Portland Sutton falling to the second round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not John Elway's a genius. It's he'd be an, an actual idiot if he didn't do it. Plus, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that I found on Twitter from the 2017 draft. Oh, I know what you're talking we, about. We took Garrett Bowles. The next tackle taken was Ryan Ramchek. Yeah. Oof. In 2017, we took Carlos Henderson, the next wide receiver, Chris Godwin. I know. And we took Jake Butt, and the next tight end was George Kittle. <laughs> Those are three guys that are Pro Bowl players this year. You're right. Yep. And, and the Jake, other three? Jake Butt hasn't played a single 
down. I mean, he's played a few downs, but he's played. Carlos Henderson isn't even on our roster. He's not on anyone's <laughs> roster. And yep. Garrett Bowles leads the league in holding penalties <laughs> since 2017. You're right. He oh. is, does a better job at tackling than some of our defenders. You're he's right. also 28. You're right. Here's the thing. Like, again, going back to that draft, you look at the draft grades. Garrett Bowles was slated to be a third-round tackle yeah. that we took in the first round. Yeah. And he's still starting games because John Elway is probably telling our offensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, like, hey, we used the first-round pick on this guy. We have to play him because I can't be wrong. Because John Elway's ego is bigger than the rocky freaking mountains in Colorado. <laughs> it is. And I think because he thinks the entire city of yeah. Denver owes him their life because he won two Super Bowls at the end of his career when he didn't even oh, do anything for that freaking team Cody. other than the helicopter. God, don't get me wrong. John Elway's <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks to ever play, but he needs to get over it. That was 20 freaking years ago, John. You're right. It's time to start right. owning up to your mistakes. I'm going to give another shout-out to our friend Kyle from class. We were talking about this day as well. It's hilarious. John Elway, for some reason, doesn't care who the quarterback is, how good he is, as long as he's over six foot five, he's on the roster and he's playing. And if he has an arm, oh boy, he's going to be on our roster. Yeah. Even that's if that's his only upside. And another thing to think about is that Pat Bullen, that that's a whole really terrible situation. And mm-hmm. you know, it was really nice that we won that Super Bowl and John o- one of John O's few good drunken quotes, this one's for Pat, like that gave me chills. <laughs> but like since then there's been a huge issue with no, who owns the Broncos? No, like, it's being, the children are basically playing tug-of-war with this franchise, and what they don't realize is that they're playing tug-of-war with the entire city of Denver and our morale. Because mm-hmm. Pat Bowen's daughters recently just filed a suit to illegitimize Pat Bowen's will, saying that, or his trust, saying that his brain had already been experiencing, um, not so Alzheimer's? Yeah, but, but like, what's the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking <laughs> for? Signs. Signs of Alzheimer's. Oh, That's yeah. <laughs> Just the word signs. Yeah, don't be Alzheimer's. laughing. <laughs> no, Alzheimer's is not funny. I'm laughing at my I, own. You couldn't say signs. Yeah, I, anyway, I, I couldn't say signs. Do not misinterpret this. I love the Broncos. I love Pat Bolin. Don't question it. I have a football sign by him, and it's really started. Pat Bolin's been around forever. Mm-hmm. The Broncos yeah. weren't good, basically, or consistently good until mm-hmm. Pat Bolin was around. And, you know, he was a big personality, and he was always on the sidelines at games. And he had a huge say in the hiring process of coaches and stuff. And I think you could tell when he didn't have a huge say when John Elway went and hired Vance Joseph as our head coach. Mm -hmm. Like, do you really think Pat Bullen would have agreed with that, with Vance Joseph as our head coach? Like, I think you can definitely tell that, you know, owners have a lot to do. Like, it's called Jerry's World for a reason. And, like, for better or for worse. For better or for worse, they're a part of it. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos don't have an identity outside of Vaughn Miller on this right. team. And that's terrifying. You're right. Okay, there is some hope for Broncos fans, whether you take this one way or the other. It could be good, it could be bad. There are rumors right now that John Elway is gonna is going to help buy the team, I guess, and become the owner. I'm doing air quotations if you can't see. So we'll see how. I don't know if I should be relieved that someone's going to own the team, or if I should freak the frick okay, out. Yeah, because John Elway's going to own the team. It's okay. Like, hey, own the Broncos. Get this. But the rumors are that Peyton Manning is going to step in to to John Elway's position Ooh. and start to be the uh, VP of Player Operations. And I do think that Peyton Peyton has enough. Like Peyton has earned the trust of John Elway. 
um, that he can run that and this stuff. And I think, personally, I think Peyton Manning's gonna be a much better player operations guy. I think he can evaluate quarterbacks in particular, but players in general much better. And so I think that, that that's what this, uh, this team needs to move towards. And I don't think the Broncos will be good until John Elway is out of the VP of player operations position. Okay, that's fair. fair. Now we get to talk about bright spots. There's not a lot, but we worked really hard to find some. Yeah. My bright spot, Broncos finally got sacks this past weekend. You're right. And you even go. though Gardner Minshew played Dance Dance Revolution a few <laughs> times against our front line, Von Miller, he got 100 career sacks. And yeah, that's good. he's still that's the great. face of the franchise. And mm -hmm. Justin Simmons is one of the best man-to-man -man safeties in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I believe yeah. he plays great against tight ends, wide receivers, you name it. He's a great he can, cover guy. He can cover him downfield, and he obviously knows his job when he needs to play zone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Chris Harris is playing well. So the guys on defense that we expect to play well and have a reputation for playing well, they're playing well. Yeah. What was one observation we had, though, with the defense this week, Cody? Are we talking about Bradley Chubb? Being, no, well, Bradley or... Chubb's hurt. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh. The hustle. The, last the hustle was <laughs> from... <laughs> Any of the players that I didn't just name, is right. where we played soft. You're right. On the defensive side of the ball. Number 20, playing patty cake with Leonard Fournette all the way down the field, even though he could have made the play in the backfield. You're but right. and you know, Leonard, Fournette, Leonard Fournette is not a player to play patty cake with. No, you got to get him down at the line. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to get clowned for 81 yards like number yeah. 20 did. Number 20, oh I don't know who you are, but you're trash. I think it's, I think it's Dansby. Like. Anyway, his name is not worth remembering. Yeah, anyways. Broncos fans. Right. Anything else on the, the line side here? For you. For me, no. You guys go after it. All I'm right. just going to be wallowing in my pity over here. That's All right. okay. I'll, um, I'll talk about my bright spot is the fact that, granted, while the offense and just the offense in general is struggling, we do have some hope there. We have a lot of young talent. That's um, true. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. We have a lot. So, yeah, so the Broncos have a lot of young talent on offense. You know, you saw Phil Lindsay who's just continuing to get better. Yep. Corlin Sutton we talked about. Noah Fant, while he's still young and learning everything, I think he's gonna be good in the future. He's definitely coming into himself. Good looking touchdowns. Yeah, he, yeah, he progressed. He, yeah, he, progressed he, did, he did, so there's some, there's some key young offensive pieces to build around going forward. So I think that's a light spot that we can look forward to. I think the, this offense is, with some help and the quarterback, if you figure out the quarterback position, I think this offense could, could take steps forward and take off. Okay, that's fair. Well, that's asking a lot, but that's well, yeah. fair. Well, that, that's, yeah. that's what. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. So, my bright spot is kind of a dark spot, so we'll call it a gray spot right here. <laughs> Y'all have some players so that... So funny, Simon. Okay, I'm just talking, His Steelers win one game, and now he's on a high horse, but tell us about the gray spot for the Broncos. <laughs> All right, okay, okay. Y'all got some players you can trade. You're not like the Dolphins who traded like maybe two or three players and you're you have no nobody else. You have some players to trade that could get y'all draft capital and rebuild for the future. Because if I'm being honest, this team's not gonna compete in for the next two or three years. Unless they unless they get some draft capital, like you said, and draft yeah. draft exactly. franchise Can, can we agree that they're not gonna compete for the next three years? I mean, Drew Locke could surprise us all and just be straight dealing, but you think he's better than Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins? Or I, I didn't. I didn't say it's gonna happen. I'm not. I'm just not writing us off. Okay. The football's too unpredictable to just say a team's gonna be trash for three years. Okay. Well, about this year, this I think year. they will not compete this year. Uh, we will, no, we're. We, we'll I'm not lucky. gonna say it, but it's you gonna be a long year. Let's be honest. We'll be lucky if we win four games. Yeah. Okay. 
So I'm not going to put any numbers on it. I'm just going to be hurt. Well, here, we'll okay. say this year and next year because of inexperience, right? Because it, it's a young team. Or it will be. I mean, unless team. you draft one of those quarterbacks. It, they're still a young team. I if know, you but, draft, I, yeah. but at the same time, like, like, I think if you bring in a guy like Tua. Okay. Like, sure, you can compare him to Kyle Murray. Kyler Murray. Um, I just think that Tua has more experience than Kyler Murray. And I think that Tua would be more ready, or Jake Fromm for that matter, to play in a pro offense than Kyler Murray. Or anybody y'all have on the roster. Well, obviously. Yeah, okay. I'm saying, like, I'm saying, right, I'm yeah, like yeah. comparing, comparing two rookie quarterbacks. No, that's quarterback right. This year and next year. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so that's that. But here, y'all got some people to trade. In my opinion, if y'all want to be able to compete sooner than later, you need to make the hard, they need to make the hard decisions. And so I'm talking about, we got Emmanuel Sanders. He's, he's played pretty well, you know? I I guess I'd put him in comeback year of the, Comeback player of the year. Comeback come player, <laughs> come player of the year award, uh, you know, talks. I put him there. Oh, I would too. Yeah. But at but the same time, I agree with you. I think that's a guy you can trade. Yeah, he's not going to get better. He's on the wrong side of 30, mm-hmm. and he's a tradable guy. You have Cortland Sutton and Noah Fan. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, so here's another guy that not a lot of people know, but as a Buff fan, I know. Go Juwan Winfrey. Okay. Oh. He's a freak. I mean, if it's you true. watch him play in the preseason, he had some ridiculous one-handed catches, yep. and he's a very young guy. He can play multiple positions. He can play slot. He can play uh, outside receiver. And I even heard like I don't know if there's a rumor, but I heard he was playing some defense. That's weird. Yeah. So like, he is. He's a baller. He, yeah. Didn't he catch like game-winning touchdown in it was preseason? But it was the yeah. first one. Yeah. The Falcons. The, the fall venue against the Falcons yeah, it was one-handed, yeah. and it was well, not it was not one-handed, but it was like tipped up in the air, and he went up and got it. But yeah, it was like a tough so catch. you could you could have him and. Corlin Sutton, and then Deshaun Hamilton is not that great, but he's a good. You could put him in. He could be okay as a third receiver, and yeah. then you have Noah Fan in there. You're right. So. so I think they have some. They have some decent receivers to build around. Yeah. So you can trade. Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. By trading these people too, you're opening up opportunities for younger players to grow. That's a big thing to keep in mind. Because mm-hmm. if they don't have opportunity, like practice is way different from game, like right. real gameplay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like. I think you need to trade some of these vets so that, you know, younger guys do get a chance to play. Like a Juwan Winfrey, like, you know, more of a Cortland Sun, all those guys. So Emmanuel Sanders, I think you need to sell him now because if you wait a year, you're going to get way less than, you're right. you know, than y'all will think. I think Emmanuel Sanders is a sell. Yeah. And then Joe Flacco, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. If That's you could get rid of his salary, do it. Now, six-round freaking pick. Or you, He's I mean, s- you got to get something out of him because if you don't, in a year, you might not be able to get anything out of him. No. No, I know we have to get rid of him, but I'm just saying he's not worth that much. You're right. Like, yeah. what team is going to trade for Joe Flacco? There'd be, be some teams that would make right. some stupid right. decisions. Okay, let's be honest. The Jets, they need a backup. They would do that. Joe Flacco wouldn't be a bad backup for the Jets. Yeah, no. No. I mean, I guess the Dolphins could, but that no. wouldn't make sense. No, no. they want to let Rosen develop, and they have Fitz money. So. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not coming back. <laughs> but, yeah, so Flacco needs to go. Yeah, I think I think, I think that's ideally obvious. ideally you get back in week nine, Drew Locke, trade away Flacco. Flacco well, there. we have to trade him before that, don't we? Oh yeah, you do. All right, so Death trade away Joe Flacco, down. let Brandon Allen play for a, a week, and then then play Drew Locke because you need you need to see what you have. Yeah, and y'all are tanking anyway, so it doesn't matter if you win or lose. Yeah, it matters more if you win than if you lose at right. this point because you're zero and four. You're it's, it's going to be a tough road ahead still. God, I want to win more than one game this year. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see. Anyways, all right. Do you have any more else? Any other guys you trade? I do. So, 
I'm not a Broncos fan, so I have no like sentimental connection to this guy. I respect him as a player, but I think Von Miller is somebody that needs to be traded because here, just just wait on it. Because y'all could get, in my opinion, two first round picks. And I'm saying this because I'm looking at teams, contenders like the Dallas Cowboys, like the Patriots. Well, okay, scratch the Patriots. Let's let's Don't go with the Dallas Cowboys. I I could see Jerry Jones thinking, well. You know, Vaughn Miller, he went to Texas A&M. Let's bring him back to Texas. I'll give y'all two first-round picks for him and maybe some young player. I could see that happening. And if y'all's ownership say no, I think that's insane. Because Vaughn Miller, yes, he's been the face of the franchise, but if y'all really want to do this tanking thing right and build for the future, in my opinion, I don't think Vaughn Miller will be a part of any future success of the Broncos. Not because he's not good, but because this team altogether will take a long time to get good. Is that, like, what, what do y'all think about that? I don't think they should trade Von Miller. I really don't. Well, what's think... the benefits of Von Miller staying? How about that? Well, like Cody said, he's the face of our franchise, and you said it too. Yep. I think he's the Broncos identity right now, and I think going forward, I personally think, well, we're, you say we're tanking, you say the Broncos are tanking. Yep. I don't think that, I don't think that they're that far removed. I think if they can find yep. a, figure out a quarterback and an offensive coordinator, I think that they can compete again. Well, how realistic is that, though? Next year. All right. Okay. Okay. Von Miller is still a top ten defensive. No, player. he is. He right. is. And I think that over thirty though. And I think that you need to have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. That you 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 really haven't gotten to see them both play together for a full year. True. Because now now we can talk about this now. Bradley Chubb tore his ACL, and he's out for the year. Yeah. Life right. is unfair. So so again, last year Von Miller was hurt for a while. This year Bradley Chubb's hurt for a while. We can't really, we haven't really seen them play together in a good situation, good enough yet. I think they can be monsters off the end. We can't well, ship off Von Miller either because we let Shaq Barrett walk. But here's the thing though, so there's no guarantees that Von Miller doesn't get hurt, like knock on wood, but because he is on the wrong side of 30, so that's why I have this concern. If he tears his ACL like Bradley Chubb, what are y'all going to do? Because <laughs> he may not be the same coming back because he is on the wrong side of 30. He might have a couple so good years same left. Same thing about Adrian Peterson. Well, Adrian Harris. Peterson hasn't won a Super Bowl or been to a Super Bowl for a reason, so there's that. And people said Emmanuel Sanders can come back from the Achilles tear, mm -hmm. which is more yeah. devastating than an ACL tear in modern NFL. But he's, a, I mean, he's on my trade list too, though. That's the thing. No, I, I understand that. Like here, I think. To be honest, like I think y'all might still be a little bit sentimental because he did win y'all Super Bowl. He got y'all to two, actually. And he's a great player. You know, he's he's an all-time great Broncos. I, Bronco, I think that's not, like, in doubt at all. But I do think, you know, it's hard to see the Broncos trying to rebuild with Vaughn Miller there. Because he's, like Joe Flacco, even maybe even a little bit more than Joe Flacco, he's going to win y'all games that y'all may not want to win. So that's the thing. Well, and I want to win some games this year. Well, yeah, because yeah, y'all are Broncos fans. But, like... Would you rather win, you know, maybe three games now, but a total of 30 games in the next four years? Well, we're not like Steelers fans who are okay with letting all their talent just walk out the door, so. Well, our situation's different because we actually draft well, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what the Edmonds situation reaction from a couple of years ago looked like we could that's true Jesse, that could be your video of the week <laughs> okay, okay. To hey, that, that could be it that could be it but we did get minka fitzpatrick though 
You didn't draft him. But we traded what? for him. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it's. I think those are different situations. But, like, I mean, look at what the Dolphins are doing. They're definitely tanking, and that's obvious. But they're going to be a better team in a couple of years because they're giving up on the season now. And it sucks from a fan's point of view because you never want to do that. But I think Von Miller, like, his, you know, his trade value is really high right now. But... I'm gonna be honest. From this season on, it's gonna start going down. So, what do you what do you do to attract players to the Broncos if Von Miller leaves? I mean, can y'all even? But can y'all even like sign in anybody though? Like, what's y'all's cap space looking like? Because I feel like it's terrible. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. How much did you give Joe Flacco though? I think we, we just have his Ravens contract. Okay. Still. Plus, he took a pay cut. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think he's in the range of like 12 million cap space. Okay, Cody. So you asked me how would I attract free agents to the Broncos? Yes. If Von Miller's gone, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like it would be hard attracting free agents even if Von Miller stayed. Like, like I said, what if he gets hurt and he's on the wrong side of 30? Like, people are gonna be like, well, you know. Why would I stay if he's on the other side of 30 and, you know, he just got hurt and it's a season ending? In, like, it's not looking good either way. Like, he might as well not be there if he's not even going to be on the field. You know what I'm saying? So, and plus, like, cap space-wise, I don't know where y'all are at, but I think y'all need to build from, you know, build from the draft. I feel like that's the Broncos' way. If we drafted better, I would be okay with that. It's possible. So, uh, yeah. Well, So, Cody, what do you think about what I just said? I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's just, it's hard because I've never seen a Broncos team as bad as this one. Yeah. And we're not, I'm not used to losing because we were still in the AFC Championship with like Jake Plummer. Like, or even when Jake Culler was here and we were mediocre, we were still 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, we were yeah. still finding ways to win games. And it's just, it's a hard situation to be in. We don't have a clear owner. We don't have an identity on offense. We don't have an identity on defense. This entire organization's a mess. John Elway is full of himself and has shown that he can't change. I, it's hard to, I don't want to blame Vic Fangio, but the lack of hustle on defense, like that's a coaching thing. It is. You know, and these players are, they're getting upset because they're losing and it's like, you know, at the end of the day, we can point the finger every which way, but the Broncos are a disaster right now. We'll and see. it sucks. Yeah, no, I agree. But here, let me paint a picture for you. So imagine a year from now, you traded Joe Flacco, you traded Emmanuel Sanders, you traded, you know, Von Miller probably, or somebody, either Von Miller or Chris Harris, it doesn't matter, trade one of those guys, get some draft picks, and then, you know, Drew Locke doesn't work out, so that's that. So you trade Drew Locke probably for like an 8th, 7th round pick. Eight, I was about to say an 8th round pick. You know, you, you just get rid of him. So you, get, you have draft picks, you draft a... A left tackle, probably the one Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. He's projected to go high. You pick up a Jake Fromm or a Tua Tagovailoa. by low. Uh, what I'll is even it? take a Jalen Hurts. Or a Jalen Hurts, yeah. whatever. Either one's better. Any of them are better than who you have now. Yep. LA becomes, you know, part owner or whatever. And then Peyton Manning steps in as y'all's VP in charge of player operations, right? Imagine that. So, let's say, you know, you have Jake Fromm or whatever, and then... A whole revamped line, you know, probably some defensive player you drafted because that's the Broncos' way a year from now if you do these trades right now. 
What would you think about that? See. With Lindsey Sutton and Fan. I'd be excited for the offense. I don't know how I'd feel about the defense because I don't know if Chubb can be a one-man show like Von Miller was at times. True. Because Von Miller is literally so dominant. It'd be like, like you're basically, if I feel like the equivalent is like telling the Texans to trade JJ Watt. Or like, well, I know stranger things have happened, but mm-hmm. like, or telling like the Rams to trade Aaron Donald. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Is literally like the face of the franchise. That's the only my. I'm fine with blowing everything else up, but it's hard to let go of Von Miller because Von Miller makes our makes our secondary better. He makes mm-hmm. the entire defense better, mm-hmm. and I don't know if Bradley Chubb is ready to be that guy yet. Is the only reason why I'd hold on to Von. No, I got you, but hey. But we could still get a a great pick. True. At quarterback. I'm pretty sure that there's some left tackles that'll hit free agency too. That'll True. be pretty decent. So there's hope. There's you know there's it could be def it could be worse. It could definitely be worse than Denver. You could be Miami and not we, have anybody. We right? could be the Dolphins right now. Yeah. So. But you know, instead y'all are the Broncos and you have trade pieces. You have, you know, I guess, potential some, scenarios that could have, happen. Yeah, I say we have we have bad pieces. We have good pieces. We have. We'll figure it out. We have yeah. a better head coach than Miami. Yeah, that's true. Vic Fangio is a good one. But anyways, that's the end of this long Broncos segment. Tell us what you think in the comments or, you know, DM us, message us, whatever, or just talk to us. All that great stuff. And if uh, anyone's a grief counselor, we could use one. Well, they could use one. I'm okay. (laughs) I am Cody Stauffer, and I'm going to introduce the baseball segment for this episode of The Cycle 365 because Jesse is chewing food right now. He was running a little bit late today, so he had to hurry up and eat a meal. So, on October 1st, which is the timestamp of this podcast, the Milwaukee Brewers are playing in Washington against the Nationals to open up October baseball. Yep, National League wildcard game. Yep, so we're doing our predictions on the night of the wildcard game, and we will know by the time that the podcast is dropped if we are right or wrong, and we're just going to sound outdated. But that's all right. Yeah, because it's predictions. Let's do it. So I'm going to take the Nationals against the Brewers. The Nationals are healthier than the Brewers. And I think that they're a more well-rounded team. I'd agree. And yeah, they're just a better team. And if they lose, they really drop the ball. The Brewers only didn't even win 90 games this year. So they're literally like the worst team out of all the playoff teams, Mm -hmm. record-wise. I think um, also, I know that obviously they played the Rockies, and I know they weren't playing any of the starters last week, like the last series, you know. Mm-hmm. And they got swept by the Rockies. Yeah, um, kind of felt nice for really <laughs> Rockies season as a Rockies yeah. fan. But at the same time, like you got to think like baseball is a game of of uh, momentum, and like you got to get on a roll. And so like to have that drop those last three games and not playing your starters, like that's not going to help you going into a one game wild card. Yeah. Against, I, I completely against the Nationals, and then on that note, like Max, Max Scherzer is pitching, correct? Mm-hmm. For the Nationals, like he he's one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher pitcher in in Major League right now. Like he's great, and like I every time I watch him, he has at least twenty strikeouts. So like I don't think Milwaukee's team is up 
up to the task. The Nationals have also won eight games straight. Yeah, so again, heading into the play. So you want to talk about back to being that. on a roll? Yeah, back to that. That's the best momentum role thing. Yeah, exactly. Like you want to be hot going into the playoff, especially a one-game wild card. Like if it's a series, granted, I get it. Yeah, that's fine. It's okay that you maybe lost two games right before this, but on a one-game wild card, you want to be rolling going into it. Yeah, and especially losing to. I mean, no offense to our Rockies, but getting swept by the Rockies is not <laughs> not good. It's not impressive at all. Um, we, and we won. We would have won only. We wouldn't have even won seventy games this year. I bet if the Brewers starters were in. Yeah, but at the same time, you gotta also think like the Rockies got hurt so bad this year. So like they were playing like the injury bug hit them ridiculously hard. So like they had who knows who they had pitching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we I'm a Rockies fan. I, yeah, I didn't even know who was pitching, and I'm a Rockies fan. Like. I've never seen these guys, I've never heard these guys' names, so like, it's not losses you want to take. Yeah. Yeah. So, bad bad loss, bad series of losses for the Brewers. Yeah. The Brewers also got lucky that the Cubs just completely cracked themselves <laughs> going down the stretch. Yeah, so, so I, I would agree with you in the fact that my prediction is yes, I'm going to take the Nationals as well. Um, I think the only, the only thing you could say for, for Milwaukee is the fact that they were there last year, you know? Yeah. The Nationals weren't. Um, so they're, they're ready for it. They can hit. Yeah, I know Greg Council. He's a, the manager. He is a hitting. He's a hitting coach. Like he was a. He played in the majors. He hit a lot of home runs. He was a really good batter. Um, they can hit, but it will just come down to their pitching. Yeah, really well. So we got the Nationals advancing. Uh, we'll address the other wild card game and then go through the rest of the bracket okay. with our hypotheticals. So yeah. we got the Tampa Bay Rays at the Athletics. That's tomorrow, correct? That is tomorrow. Well, that would be Wednesday for yes. those who are listening Sorry. in the future. Wednesday, October second. <laughs> For those listening yes. in the future, uh, the Rays ninety six and sixty six, Athletics ninety seven and sixty five. On paper, this looks close, but I don't think that this game will be that close. Yeah, right, who you got? I got the Athletics. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. The Rays literally, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's good to have good pitching, and they allowed mm -hmm. the fewest amount of home runs this year. Yeah, it's really from one guy. His last name's Snell, I think. I believe he's still a young guy, but yeah, I, I, go ahead. And I just think I just think that the Athletics are once again a better, well-rounded team, and yep. they can hit better. Mm -hmm. And hitting is really important in this October part. And the the Rays don't have like a go-to guy to like yeah be the man and to win the game. From I, I mean we're in offensive era baseball, correct? Mm -hmm. And these for the last like three years, these wild card games have shown that they're there's no pitching in them at all. Like it's all who has a better bats. Like whoever hits more. Like, like I said, like I think the Rockies they won. They won last year in the wild card over the Cubs in extra innings, but I think it was like 14 to seven or like 14 to 13 or something like that. Like some ridiculous numbers. Like in these one card, one game wild card games, it doesn't matter who's pitching as long as you hit the ball, you're gonna win. Yeah, and I think that the Athletics are once again a lot hotter. I would agree. I think I definitely think that they are better as well. And I think the Athletics are a decent dark horse. Team. Oh yeah, I think the Athletics could could make a push. Their, all their the upside is way higher than the Rays. Mm -hmm. I would agree. So. I mean, it is great to see the Rays there, though. They've been terrible for the last few years. So yeah. It's cool to see them there, but I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah, they won't go far. Yeah. So we got the A's and the Nats advancing. And then for the divisional series that we do know, it's the Cardinals and at Braves. the Atlanta Braves. Mm -hmm. And the Cardinals, I'm a little concerned. I'd be concerned if I was a St. Louis Cardinals fan because yeah. their batting is terrible. At the same time, I just think Atlanta's way better in all assets. <laughs> yeah, and Land is a good team. Yeah, they're very good. Like they I think they were pushing they're pushing the Dodgers to the number one seed. Like um they had had the playoff berth like a month ago 
I would say like they're, they're a good team, they built a really good team, they have tons of young talent, and that's what you need in a playoff run. And it's an exciting team too. Yeah, Acuna Jr. is yeah. an NL MVP candidate. Yeah, exactly. I think he's gonna, yeah, he's just so fun to watch and I think he's gonna carry that team through. The Braves are just too deep to lose yeah. this series. I this think. series, absolutely. So, yeah. I'm taking the Braves over the Cubs. I'm also taking the Braves. Right, so we're seeing eye to eye so far. And the other divisional series that we know is the Twins at the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Both teams hit over 300 home runs this year. Mm -hmm. The Twins being the first ones. Yeah. And the Yankees being the more known ones. And both teams broke 100 wins this year. In a battle of strength on strength, who do you think ends up coming out on top? I still think the Yankees come out on top, basically, because yes, obviously they both can hit very well. But I just think that the pitching, this is where the pitching will come into into um, effect. I think. The Yankees have better pitchers. Yeah, they, they have a way better bullpen. And yeah. uh, Zach Britton actually has an ERA under two. Yeah. And which I mean, is he, nuts. Zach Britton kind of fell off a little bit here these last few years, but I mean, when he came first into the league, he was a monster. Mm -hmm. And he like he was one of the best closers, set a man, doesn't matter, relief pitchers in, in the game. Like, no one could touch him, really. Um, so I think, yeah, well-rounded. The bullpen, I think, is just better than than the Twins, I think. I think they'll win. Yeah, I think part of the reason that Britain has seemed like a resurgence is because the Yankees' bat is so good. Yeah. He can play a little bit more loose, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. I mean, and, and they're getting Stanton back for the playoffs. Yeah. The Yankees have been playing without Stanton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's coming back. Yeah, it's gonna be, yeah. I think the Yankees are gonna win this game. Rest this, in peace. This series. Rest in peace, the Twins. I don't think either of these series we just talked about will be sweeps. I don't think they'll sweep them. No. Definitely be, be back and forth, but competitive, but I have no doubt about who the winner's gonna be. Yeah. Now in the National League, in our pro projected divisional series matchup, we have the Nationals at the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Granted, we just put the Nationals on this huge pedestal, but the Dodgers are the, the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, they're the Dodgers. They yeah. won their seventh straight division. Yeah, I think so, something like that. It's, and by, by a long shot, like no one was even close. And I mean, they've been to multiple World, World Series. They've been, been there. in the last three, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they they have one of the better pitching staffs. Mm -hmm. You know, you always like got to talk about Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. And he's an absolute stud. Yeah, I mean, he has fallen off a little bit. He's not the Clayton Kershaw he used to be, but he's still a very good. I think he's still better than Max Scherzer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think it depends upon what kind of day they're having. I think the only reason you got to give Clayton Kershaw uh, an advantage is because he's been in that situation more. Yeah, like he's been in the playoffs. He knows what he needs to do to win. Plus, the Dodgers bats are always good. Absurd. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So did we just agree that yes, the, Dodgers, the Dodgers will win? We'll will go to the. Com <sighs> to the I'm so the, sick of it. Yeah. But it's they're always gonna be there too. Yeah. They're always gonna be there. Until until somebody figures it out. Yeah. I don't know who it's gonna be. Probably not the Rockies, but the other, so in the American League, you'd have the A's going to face the Astros. Yeah. The Astros have the top seed in baseball, 106 wins. Justin mm -hmm. Verlander reached his 3,000th strikeout. Yeah. So I'm going to start calling him Justin 3K. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a career high 300 strikeouts this mm -hmm. year. Yeah, no, I got him to go with the Astros in this one as well. I don't think this is gonna be the case where you have the underdog. I mean, if anyone was gonna do it, I think it would be the Athletics. Mm -hmm. But I still think the fact that the Astros have not only do they have Justin Verlander, but they also have Garrett Cole, who is up for all of the like Cy Young awards, all the pitching awards in the, in the American League, and he's their number two. Like, they have the staff to do this <laughs> again. Like, I don't think I don't think that any bat or any team could could take this over. 
Yeah, and I, I completely agree that the A's are probably one of the better teams. I, I think the best team in the AL mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. But, I mean, one thing about October baseball is like, you talked about like youth being a good thing, youth can also be a bad thing when you're right. facing off a team like the Astros. You're right. Who can, they can also hit too. Yeah, They're yeah. the most well-rounded team in, in the playoffs in, right Yeah, now. in baseball. In baseball in, in baseball, yeah. 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 So yeah. Rip Oakland A's postseason 2019. It's okay. It happened, we love it, it died before it even happened. Yeah, it's all right. I'll be rooting for him. I will But. Yeah. Anyways, are we gonna do the whole bracket now? Yep. Okay. So that takes us back to the National League. Okay. Where in our conference, like. Conference championships. The championships. Yeah. We'll have the Braves and the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I don't know if it's bias. I don't know if it's Braves fever, but I'm gonna take the Braves over the Dodgers. <sighs> it's tough because like the Dodgers have been there and they're like, they're really good. But I think Atlanta really wants it because they haven't been there in a long time. Um, they're just as well-rounded. Ah, it's tough. There's something magical about this Braves team, and they're and they're so exciting to watch. And you know, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but they have four of the top, like four of their hitters are in the top 35 hitters of baseball. Period. Yeah, I just have to. So we're gonna have our first round. I I think the Dodgers are gonna win, just because they know what they need to do, and they've done it, and they have. Everyone's been there. Everyone on that team has been there. I think they'll get done. I think, times. Yeah, I don't think like obviously we like I'm rooting for the, the Braves as well. Like, I want the Braves to win because I'd like to see them there. But again, I think the fact that the Braves like you talk about the Braves madness or whatever, like the magic in there. Like yes, it takes magic to win a, win a World Series because it's just so many games. But at the same time, like I just think the nose to the grindstone Dodger way is gonna overtake that just because they've been there. All right. So Jesse and I's first disagreement yeah. on this bracket. I'm falling for Braves mania yeah. right now. I'm all about the Braves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't like the Dodgers. I just, they're just so good. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. In the American League, Yankees and Astros. <sighs> it's tough, but I'm going to have to go to the Astros. Yeah, I, they're just so good. They're yeah, literally they are. so good. Yeah, they are. I just, yeah. They're, and <laughs> that's, it, that's, yeah, it. that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Like, no offense to the Yankees. The Yankees are great. They've had mm -hmm. a great season, but the Astros are just more well-rounded. They they're, are. Bullpen is way deeper than the Yankees is. Yeah, and, and just the Astros just they'll, they'll probably get two or three starts out of one of their ace pitchers. Justin Verlander, well, yeah, because you have two. I mean, again, you have two aces, and Garrett Cole used to be the Pirates, Pirates ace. Yeah. He's been really good for however many years. You're gonna get two games out of both of those guys. Yeah, at probably. least, at least. So, so, mm -hmm. and the Yankees just won't be able to overcome that. No, so I think the Astros will take that. So, you have the Astros and the Dodgers. I have the Astros and the Dodgers. I have the Astros and the Braves. Yeah. Kind of like, I, I'm gonna, I'm still riding. The, I'm on the Braves train right <laughs> now. The Braves are the because Braves? I think the Braves, I really think they can. I oh, mean, okay, I will, I will give you this. If they get past the Dodgers, I think they're gonna win the World Series. I, I feel like do. the Braves have a better chance of beating the Astros than the Dodgers. Exactly. Do. I was gonna pick in mine, Dodgers Astros. I'm gonna pick the Astros to win. I just think they're better. We've literally seen it happen. Yeah, happened we, two years we, ago. We watched it. <laughs> yeah, we watched it happen. Two so. years Also, when uh, what's his name proposed to. Wife, I don't remember. Was it Altuve? No, no, no. It was uh, George Springer or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, Springer Dinger, baby. Yeah, I think well, he he won the he won the MVP of the World Series, and then when they won in Game Seven, he asked his girlfriend to marry. I don't remember who it was, but anyways, <laughs> besides the point. 
Yeah. So, I think the Astros will win if in mine, Astros and Dodgers. But I do think I will agree with the fact that if the if the Braves get past the Dodgers, I think they will win the World Series. Alright. So I agree with your prediction on your side. Mm -hmm. And you agree with mine. I do. So there's an understanding that the Astros are the best team in baseball. Yes. But there's an understanding that if the Braves get it going, they they're gonna go. keep rolling. Yeah. So our postseason baseball predictions. Yeah. We'll keep you guys updated on how we're doing. Yeah, tune in next week. We'll have the, uh, the wild cards be over, and we can talk about those a little bit. And depending on depending on how the divisional series goes, some of those might be over. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, so we'll check in again. Make sure, yeah, check in and tune in again ne next week, and we will bring you up to date on all of the baseball. Coming up next, we're gonna do a little bit of uh, sports. Would you rather to wrap up this podcast? <laughs> Alright y'all, welcome back to the Cycle365. This is episode 6. Before we move on to our next segment, I'm just going to do a quick little social media plug. Follow us on social media. Also check out our website. It has every single podcast and then a bunch of other articles that should be coming out, including an NHL preview article that should be dropping pretty soon here. So, alright, let's get into it. We're doing Would You Rather. Each of us has one minute to explain our answer to the question. So... Here's the first one. Would you rather be a California ath student athlete, albeit a star student college athlete, and just keep in mind that the California law just passed, or would you be a star athlete for a contender? Fast forward in 2023 when the law takes place. Yes, in 2023 and beyond. So I think we could all assume that this will be in football terms, so I could go first. Simon, go! Alright, so I'm picking the California athlete. If I'm already a star, then why does it matter? I'm just going to make money in college, and I'm going to get drafted in the first round anyways. So I'm with it. I'll spend my three years, or heck, I'll spend my four years, get a college degree too, and make money, and then get drafted in the first round. Or if I could just get drafted, it would be okay. I think that's, that's the way to go, because there's a lot of opportunities there. Alright, Jesse, go! Um, I'm going to pick... Uh... Probably the non-California, California, California uh, whatever <laughs> star athlete. Staying true to last. Week. Yeah. Okay. Um, because one, I want to, I want a ring, dude. I want a ring. I want to win a national championship. Um, either way, you're gonna still get paid in the NFL if you're a star athlete. So what does it matter? Let's go get it. Let's go get a ring. True. Um, play for athlete. Play for everybody. You know. Um, have fun and get paid when you go to the press. Okay. Well, both of you did it under 30 seconds. Let's see if I can do the same thing. I'm going to play in California and make some money because I'm super poor, first off. Yeah. But, okay, if the NCAA ends up kicking out the California teams, we're going to have our own championship and I can still get a ring. I feel Facts. Like, I feel go. like this is really similar to what the NBA is kind of dealing with right now and the NCAA because you see players going to play overseas now, like LaMelo, and he's still projected to be a top 10 pick in the NBA. Very true. So... It's not going to affect your draft stock if you're still really... If you're a baller, you're a baller, period. That's how that's how it works in and out, and I might as well get paid for it. So, yeah. all right. I took, the long, I took the longest amount of time, but that's okay. Well, that's okay. I guess me and Jesse thought we had less time. No, that's I, fine. I, that's all I had to say. Go ahead. Okay. Well, Jesse, I respect that you want to continue the traditional way of being a college athlete. Well, I am traditional. This is, okay, this isn't even, it's it's hypothetical, so none of us are going to be star athletes anymore anymore. Yeah, I'm washed up. 
Yeah. I might not be yet. We'll see. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Jesse Styles is a couple years ago. <laughs> That's true. All right. <laughs> Next, would you rather question? Would you rather have, in terms of right now, Tua Tagovailoa or Jalen Hurts as your, do you want to go franchise quarterback or college quarterback? Let's both. go. Okay, both, both. 30 seconds per one. Jesse, go. Uh, I'm saying Jalen Hurts or both. Oh. Okay, yep. <laughs> Jalen Hurts right now, obviously, you can see what he's doing in, in college. Okay. Obviously, I want him as my college quarterback. He's the best college quarterback in the NCAA. He can run. He can pass. He has the drive that, that everyone, like, no one knew he had it yeah. until, until he transferred to Oklahoma. So he has the drive. And I think, I think he has the beautiful foundation for a franchise quarterback. I think you equip him with a, uh, a good offensive coordinator, a good quarterback coach, a good NFL team, and I think that he just builds on what he already has. He's a, he's a freak natural athlete, and um, I think you give him that ability to play in the NFL with a good coach, and I think he's your franchise quarterback for a long time. Okay. Simon, go. <laughs> wow, okay. So, I'm picking Jalen Hurts for college, and then Tua for the pros. I really like Jalen. I think he could transfer well to the pros, but I like Tua too. I think he's more of a pocket passer. I think he's still a better pocket passer than Jalen Hurts. You know, I won't say he has the running ability, but you know, Tua's been putting up numbers in college and he's been great, but I do like Jalen Hurts' dual threat ability. And so for college, I'll take Jalen because that's real important. You know, there's a lot of weird janky college offenses that need that. But in the pros, I'm gonna have to go with Tua. I think he's a composed guy, won a national championship his freshman year as a backup. And I think he'll, I won't say he'll do something similar, but he'll win a couple at least in, in the NFL. So. My turn? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna take Jalen for both. Don't mean to gang up on you, Simon, okay. but the something that's really important to me is seeing him succeed in Bama's system and in OU's system. That shows that he has some flexibility, and you know, we've all talked about Jalen's physical traits, but we're not talking about his mental traits. And being able to transfer from one system to another isn't an easy thing, and he didn't have a huge amount of time to do it. He had a summer, sure. and he figured it out. And there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that get overwhelmed by the size of those NFL playbooks. And Jalen Hurts isn't that guy. He's going to study. He's going to grind. And, you know, the NFL is becoming more and more of a spread offense league. I mean, you still have those teams that play under center, and yep. they, they win games like that. But with the successes of Cam Newton and the likes of that, Jalen Hurts could easily succeed in the NFL at a higher level than two. And that does it for mine, which I barely kept it within a minute in that one. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Jalen Hurts is a great prospect, and I think – if he keeps this up, he could be a borderline first round pick. I think he's proven to be more than a borderline. I think he should be a pick and Okay. Yeah, I definitely think he's a first round pick. That's fair. All right, well, once draft time comes around, it'll be interesting. So, recently, NBA Rank and ESPN.com dropped this top 100 projected players for the 2019-2020 NBA season. And number one was Giannis. Number two was Kawhi. Number three was LeBron James. Would you rather have LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, or Giannis Antetokounmpo? Simon, why don't you start us off? Uh, <laughs> uh, Giannis, because he's the youngest one, and he has the most potential, in my opinion. What is he, like 24, 23? He, the fact is, is that he's at least six years younger than LeBron and Kawhi Leonard. That's just facts. And I think he's a great player. He's working on that jump shot. He, it's way better than Ben Simmons, by the way. 
And, you know, Always he's a great defender. He's, you know, we know he's an aggressive guy. He has, he has a mama mentality. I think he's an excellent person to start a franchise with or a team with. So I'd take the August. I'm going to counter you, and I'm going to say Kawhi Leonard. And I'm going to say Kawhi Leonard because, well, he's one of the only players to win a championship with a team in both conferences. Ooh. And he <clears throat> toppled, whether it was because of the Durant injury, he toppled the Golden State dynasty. He stopped them from getting a three-peat, and he was the only one capable of doing it, and he balanced to the league. That is some high-level stuff right there, and Kawhi is somebody who can do it at all levels. Kawhi can defend every player on the court. He, he can even defend the five if he absolutely needed to. And he can also shoot from all levels. I feel like he's a more complete player than Giannis, and I feel like when he's dedicated to your team, He's the best player in basketball, and we saw what happened with the Bucks versus the Raptors, and I feel like that just proves Kawhi's worth. And I feel like he's he's the guy. I'm Jesse. also gonna go with Kawhi. Ooh, I think he uh, again all around player. Yeah, I think he's best. So I want <laughs> Jesse's <laughs> keeping it simple. His was under 15 seconds on that one. Yeah, I think LeBron was was obviously not the choice. What's is that a testament? Is that are we slandering LeBron, or is that a testament no. to Giannis and Kawhi? No, there's a reason Definitely. why they traded for AD. Yeah, I think it's a testament to Giannis and Kawhi. Yeah, yeah, they're good. You know, I think they're all good. And just for the record, Giannis is an all-round player too. <laughs> and if Luka Doncic was there, oh my god! Hey, we boy, got another. Would you, I got another. Would you rather? Would you rather have Luka Doncic? Or let's go Ben Simmons, just to poke fun at Simon here. So Simon and I basically both have our answers, but let's let the audience hear it out, and then Jesse, you be the tiebreaker. Just like the Giannis Kawhi thing. Oh, so you still want me to go? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Luca, because he could shoot, and Ben Simmons has not made a single three in his whole career, and he's been in the league longer than Luca. So there's that. And, you know, he's a way better, I think he's a better passer. I think he has a better sense of the game. Oh, don't give me that look. See, here we go already. Hey, that, I, I can't counter, so I got to say everything right here. And, you know, he's just, I think he's a better player. Oh, and he's younger too, so there you go. No injury history. Okay, well, Ben Simmons hasn't really been banged up since missing that entire first year of his career. So I don't feel like durability is really a problem with Ben Simmons. Okay. Plus, Ben Simmons is like a revolutionary point guard. I mean, we haven't seen his size at the point guard position since Magic Johnson, and he's bigger. So I feel like the mismatches that you get with Ben Simmons are going to be way better than the mismatches you'll ever get with Doncic, just because Ben Simmons. Okay, Ben Simmons doesn't need a jumper if he's driving on six foot three point guards all the time. Like he's going to be able to ball for his entire career. His court vision is better than Doncic's right now, and he's a way better rebounder too. He's a more complete player. I think as far as like all aspects of the game, and he's a better defender than Luca for sure. So I take Ben Simmons. Okay. Jesse, you gotta go, Jesse. I'm gonna take Luca. Yeah! Why oh, you gotta do me like Luka that? Luca Magic. Movie. Let's go. I'm just gonna take him because he's got that it factor, dude. Exactly. He can rip his shirt off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. He's, hey, he's the goat. <laughs> He's the GOAT EuroLeague player. He's the GOAT EuroLeague player. And anyone who's ever watched the EuroLeague would know that. 
October 1st, 2019, Simon calls Luka Doncic the GOAT. Well, he is. But anyways, that's it for episode 6 of The Cycle. Like I said, catch us on social media. Check out our website. That's it for now. Peace. Later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Alright y'all, Jesse had to leave because he had something, I guess. But he gave me his videos for the week. So here's Jesse's videos of the week. So if you want to see a cool play, right? We got Travis Kelsey lateraling it to LaShawn McCoy for a nice little game there. If you want to see a funny play, this is his words, not mine. I don't condone violence. But... Odell Beckham Jr. getting choked out by some guy. I don't even remember who it is. By Marlon Humphrey. He's probably getting suspended. Check out that video. And lastly, I haven't seen this yet, but I bet it's dope. Outfielder Steve Wilkerson makes Catch of the Year. So check those out. It'll be on our website. Link should be down below or somewhere close. Peace. This is Rick Slot Production.